0: Today on the topic Show, Bud Light Sunday Ticket YouTube video gets nine likes. Trump will be president for life, according to screaming Rachel Maddow. Twitter X rolls out new safety draconian measures. Bud Light Backyard Tour tweet ghosted. Robin Hood remake is guaranteed to flop. Elon Musk is targeted by the federal auto regulators. The SEC investigates Elon Musk for a glass house. Mitch McConnell freezes yet again. Farmers Insurance is laying off over 2,000 employees. US Steel is reviewing new offers. Subway is serving subs in a rigid airship. American Airlines votes for a strike and Burger King lawsuit well because their burgers were actually too small. All of that and much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of The Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. Gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, that's the joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner and need a little assistance, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Now, going on to the business part of the podcast, you have Farmers Insurance laying off two thousand four hundred employees. Now, when you call it when you look at the overall picture of how big the company is, that does correlate to about five percent of the company's overall workforce. Now, they claim this is an attempt to restructure for long-term growth and profitability. Though, there is one thing they could do to actually make it so they don't delay anyone off. Well, relocate. They're currently headquartered in California where they're presumably paying millions upon millions upon millions of dollars in taxes. Not just property tax for presumably all the headquarters that they either own or rent, but also all their employees have to pay a huge amount of income tax, and of course there's corporate taxes. And you have the tax tax, the gasoline tax. I was only partially choking, joking about the, the tax tax. I'm sure there's taxes for taxes and taxes over there. But if they're to relocate to somewhere who has no income tax, employees would truly love that more. And there are also places with much more, much, much more favorable tax when it comes to business, most property taxes. Because if you have a big headquarters, presumably you also have to pay a big property tax. There's a lot of incentives. Other states are really, Graving great incentives, attracting businesses. As far as I can tell, California is doing nothing to retain the few businesses that are still headquartered there. Now, I know there's still a huge, huge economy in Silicon Valley, which is artificially inflated just because you do have the numbers from the big tech companies, but even the, a lot of the mid, mid-level tech companies are leaving. But nevertheless, going back to farmers insurance, when he asked for comment, the CEO, um, Raul uh, Vargas, he recently said, quote, given the existing conditions of the insurance industry, and the impact that they have, they are having on our businesses, we need to take decisive actions today to better position farmers for future success." Unquote. Now, this is hilarious, partially because other insurance companies are doing great. Now, Warren Buffett, one of the, the biggest parts of his portfolio, where his, you know, Berkshire Hathaway is the company that he runs, one of the most successful parts is Geico insurance. That's one of their cash cows, so to say. They make a lot of money from that. Now, out of curiosity, I wonder where where is Geico insurance headquartered are they also in California Where did a gecko live seems like an Arizona place headquartered in over in Maryland really I would not have guessed that Geico is headquartered there Geico, it can't be right. Geico, oh no it is. Is the second largest auto insurer in the United States after the United States, uh, after a state farm, wholly owned subsidiary of Berkshire Hathaway. Good old Geico. I would have thought that Geico would be more home in Arizona or something like that, but I digress. It's fascinating, he's saying, oh yeah, insurance companies are under you know a lot of pressure and they're, they're in certain areas. They actually are ceasing giving out new policies in Florida and ironically enough in California as well because some of these insurance companies, again, depending on the weather, what kind of disasters happen, they lose money in those situations, and even if they sometimes don't have the proper underwriting. So it'll be interesting to see. It is unfortunate that they have to lay off 2,400 employees. This is a trend we're seeing more and more. You had T-Mobile, earlier this week, also announced, I believe, about 5,000 employees being let go. And I do hope they find gainful employment at a competitor. Hopefully those folks over at Farmers Insurance are be able to find a job maybe at GEICO, or one of the other providers of insurance, so they can kind of reallocate those skills that they've learned in the industry but it'll be interesting to see you have more and more companies laying off folks and yet i'm told this is the best economy ever according to the white house press secretary and they don't they they certainly don't lie but in all seriousness i partially digress other interesting business news you have u.s steel reviewing more offers now this is the pittsburgh-based steel company founded in 1901 by jp morgan and andrew carnegie which are perhaps one of the most prolific names in American history. J.P. Morgan, also known nowadays as J.P. Morgan Chase, perhaps if not the most successful financial institute in the United States, it's at least in the top three. It's certainly the largest in terms of you know got Bank of America, J.P. Morgan Chase, and I'm sure someone comes in at third place. And it looks like this is interesting enough. The U.S. Steel they're reviewing offers now, but as recently as a couple weeks ago, they turned down a couple of offers. So they turned out down a large offer of. billion from industry rival Cleveland Hills or Cleveland Cliffs, I apologize. And a couple weeks later, they got an offer from Esmark for $7.8 billion. Now this is the fascinating thing about Stark stock market, which again, I'm not a, I'm not a financial advisor or giving any financial advice, but just a speculation, just seeing that people made offers to the company that caused their stock to rocket by 30% which is astronomical. If you're a shareholder, you're smiling ear to ear, and you're also wondering who might come along and purchase the company. Now, the company previously had rebuffed the offer, saying we're not interested, but now, in a letter to the shareholders, they're saying they're actually reviewing new offers. Now, this was coming earlier Tuesday this week, you had U.S. Steel say in a letter, quote, it had entered into a confidentiality agreement with numerous third parties, and was beginning to share the due diligence information with potential buyers unquote which is a fancy way of saying they're going to share sensitive data such as financial statements and some intellectual property perhaps with some potential buyers because once you start to look at actually acquiring a company you want to know as much data as possible to ensure that both parties are comfortable with the offer you're getting an offer based on the, all the data that you have and the seller they don't want to make sure they don't get sued for improperly representing the company as something it's not so it's very common and it is interesting to see i mean 100, over a hundred years in business, or more likely over a hundred, about 125, getting close to 125 years in business. Why sell now? They've grown exponentially throughout the years. I, they It seems like they have a great long-term plan. I'm, not, I'm actually surprised they're not the ones doing the acquisitions. So it'll be interesting to see where they go from here, and hopefully, you know, hopefully it stays American-owned. It'll be interesting to see who ends up with the highest bid, But the industry is doing pretty good right now, even though the economy is precipitous to say the least, steel is a vital important component for warehouses. And as we see Amazon and all the e-commerce websites and just explode exponentially in popularity, no matter how many brick and mortar traditional retail storefronts are shut down, you're always gonna need warehouses for the actual storage and then the eventual transportation of the goods. So interestingly enough, we're seeing an economic boom in the construction of warehouses which steel, you get steel rebar. There's a lot of things that go into the making of warehouses. So fascinating enough, that industry seems to be growing exponentially. So i will be interested to see, do they sell out? And they already turned out, they turned out 7.3 billion. They turned down 7.8 billion. How many billions will it take to actually buy the company or for them to accept the offer? That'll be interesting, but I always say time shall tell. Other interesting business use, you have Subway serving sandwiches in a rigid airship or also known as pejoratively as a blimp, at 1,000 feet in the air. So now, you don't need to just walk over to a store to get your slosh of sugar bread, I mean, Subway bread. You can go in the air. Now, it looks like this is an interesting promo, kind of. This is coming after last month. It's almost as like if they're desperate for, well, we all know they're desperate for sales. Their store sales are abysmal, to say the least. Remember, the, la- the last report we read a couple weeks back said the average store sale for a Subway franchise shop was 5 million, or uh, no, $500,000 a year, $500,000 per year in revenue is nothing for most restaurant businesses because of the profit margins. You're talking single digits. So that's almost as bad as a grocery store in some cases. Because remember, if you're making $500,000 per year in revenue, a huge cost is going to be the rent, the electricity, the internet, the HVAC. Also, the ingredients to make the sandwich, the staff to pay, the insurance. There's a lot of overhead that people don't always think about when they hear the numbers of, oh yeah, $500,000 a year, that's in revenue. You look at their competitors, and again, this is for single store averages for a year, the competitors are making multiple millions of dollars. I think Chick-fil-A came in at $7.7 7 million per year. Exponentially better. So Subway's in a little trouble. So they had a, a ridiculous contest last month where you could submit your name, and if you won the raffle, you had the privilege, and I use that in the largest quotation marks I can. Uh, quotation marks I can, the privilege of changing your name legally to subway I don't know how little respect I would have for someone if I met them and their name was subway you're trading your identity for free sugar bread and I keep saying it's basically a conf- it's basically a cook- giant cookie. I say that because legally I believe Ireland specifically they were successfully they successfully sued subway in court there's so much sugar in that garbage bread it's considered a confectionery like a cookie. That's how much sugar they put in that crap although i do admit their previous marketing was pretty brilliant it looked fresh also having that swimmer was a good promo as well so marketing previously was effective although now to see it is now it's gone downhill abysmally And jersey was it jersey mikes jersey i think jersey mikes that's the main competitor they're doing a lot better than harry danie devito but i do guess they had that promo where you could change your name to subway which again good luck getting your next job or Ridiculous. So now the latest boondoggle is to have subs served in the air. So this is a 180 foot long rigid airship. Oh God, what what if if the hydrogen catches on fire though? I know, I'm just kidding, archer joke. It's helium, not flammable. But yeah, it looks like the blimp will go a thousand feet in the air and last 30 minutes. It'll take places all over Missouri Florida, another state that isn't Texas, so, yeah. And it'll start September 5th to 7th. Which, again, I don't know if you... So, apparently, they're going to go up in the air and they'll construct the sandwich there. Interest. How will microwave work up there? I know they have a, a... Presumably, they have normal electricity, normal household outlets up there. But, again, like, this would have been a lot better commercial for Blimpies. Like, I think they're out of business now, but... I mean, maybe serve Subway sandwiches on a Subway and an actual subway cart, like, underground. Granted, those are usually rampant in crime, like New York City, but... I mean... It... It's not a very logical marketing promo. And at the end of the day, I think you're going to get a C- because... It's not really... It's going to be a very short time, so all these these contests or this promo for this... For the privilege of buying sugar bread up in a blimp to go up in the air... I believe it's going to last about three weeks across those three states. And... I just can't help but think they could just use that money in a number of better, more marketing. Oh, there are numerous better ways they could have used that money. And it doesn't inspire anyone to go buy a Subway sandwich. I mean, again, the company was also recently sold to private equity, so presumably some intelligent decisions will be made, previously many were not. And hopefully the brand can somehow survive as it's become basically the equivalent of a discount sandwich shop. Although it's not even that because the $5 foot long after a lawsuit was revealed, oh yeah, it's only 11 inches in many cases. So needless to say their brand needs a polishing to say the least. And I don't think they're gonna catch up to Jersey Mike's in the next 12 months in terms of sales. They're gonna need a long-term business plan or some miraculous marketing idea to turn things around and also you know, make good sandwiches, which is a tall order. But I always say we shall, We, we we'll see. Other interesting businesses you have, American Airlines vote to strike. Oh, you, ah, uh, yet another bankruptcy. I could see the bankruptcy looming yet again. Now, apparently over 99% of the union members voted that they agree to walk out if American Airlines doesn't increase their pay. Cause of course, I mean, why work? I always tell people when it comes to unions, I don't like the idea of being forced or coerced to join a union. And depending on the situations you are forced to join even if your skill set is infinitely better than everyone else you're just gonna get paid because tenure which as an american i disdain i think that's unfair quite literally the definition of unfair but back to the story it looks like american flight attendants are currently guaranteed a base salary of twenty-seven thousand three hundred, which actually seems too high for flight attendant that's pretty darn good plus free flights wherever you want And again, that's where it starts. That's a base, so that hit, oh, that's also health. Also getting health insurance, getting benefits on top of that presumably. And then of course, it sounds like there might be a bonus program. And they claim they haven't received raises since 2019. Well, let's see, what's been terrible since 2019? Oh yeah, the economy. The airlines almost went belly up. Now, this is hilarious because of course with the union, they're gonna give you one side to make the company look as evil as possible. Even though it's usually the unions that kneecap the companies Perhaps an apt metaphor for the mob. Now, this is a quote from the APFA president, Julie Hendrick. All the acronyms gotta sound smart. She says, quote, we're continuing, we're fighting corporate greed. And she made a reference that the company made 1.3 billion in the second quarter profit. Hmm, that sounds almost too good to be true. Well, what's the overall company look like for their cost structure after, remember, when the government shut down the economy the airline industries basically nearly went bankrupt and they got bailed out now it looks like and this is from there's this is from the american airlines website from their state fiscal, fiscal statements and they say american generated an over operating cash flow and a free cash flow of nearly 1.8 billion and 1.2 billion respectively in the second quarter the company reduced its total debt by 387 million in the quarter Strengthening the balance sheet continues to be a top priority and American is nearly two thirds of the way of its goal of reducing its debt by $15 billion by the end of 2025. As of June 30, 2023, American has reduced its total debt by approximately $9.4 billion from its peak levels of mid-2021. So again, there are billions in debt. I mean, I don't know. Granted, they didn't mention the interest rate. So there's a lot of variables we are not privy to in this specific summary. Summary. But you have to pay that back. So I can't help but think, like, it seems that in every instance, the union, kind of like a guy at a buffet. They only see the, they see the shiny money right there, but they're not thinking about the long term. Kind of like America, the United Auto Workers in the 1950s. 1950s, GM, the U.S. was basically the only market that could build cars at that moment. Thanks, well, partially because of the last war. And... GM, Ford and Chrysler did great. They were basically the only game in town. The unions saw, they were making a lot of money, so the unions asked for huge ask. By 1970s, they basically bankrupt the companies. And the Japanese automobile companies who do not have the handicap of being unionized, and they also have a culture of constantly improving the product, well, they came and kicked their ass. And now the most reliable cars on the road are gonna be Toyota, are gonna be Honda. Those cars last a quarter of a century. And a million miles there's, just, there's a reason i have honda civic with a stick shift as every car should have but again i think you're going to see the same thing with the airline industry also look at any airline documentary there are two reasons every time these companies go bankrupt it's always the same too one is the fuel cost which again the united states is not the United States is not smart enough to actually become energy independent and actually drill and use the natural resources that are our own land. We'd rather pay countries that hate us, like Venezuela, to get oil and rely on other countries that hate us and are e- and many of them are evil. We'd rather spend a lot of money to buy their oil than use our own, which, idiotic, say the least. The other reason, unions. Watch any airline documentary. Those are the top two reasons why they fail. And it makes sense. And I can't help but think, Is this gonna lead to them going bankrupt? When is this debt due? That's that's literally billions of dollars in debt. Also, when are they gonna fix, a lot of these airline industries are struggling from their infrastructure in terms of, they're having a lot of missed flights, flight cancellations, they have a lot of tech issues. That's not gonna be a cheap thing to fix. So it'll be interesting to see, as the airline industry is moderately competitive, which ones are gonna stay and which ones are gonna be just basically overcharged and just they're just gonna be done fiscally speaking the cost will explode so much the ticket prices will explode exponentially eventually no one's gonna eventually everyone's just gonna fly spirit and take that eight percent chance you're gonna get stabbed warning that's not a real statistic just kind of a gut feeling when you get stabbed in the gut but that, that was a joke but for now I digress going on to the culture part of the podcast you have Robin Hood a remake guaranteed to flop that was ratioed in seconds on the twitter sphere now of course it is a remake so you have to change the races and genders of all the main characters now the new lead instead of you know robin hood being a man it's now a woman because of course you know it's 2023 can have a man in a positive light or be a lead of a movie you got to make sure you switch it to a woman and it, she is uh, african american as well so they got the 2 for it's almost like the netflix approach now Interestingly enough, every char- not only do they race swap every character, in the most cliche thing of all, all the good guys are of minorities, uh, minority status. But, or sorry, reversed. I don't know, that's right. All the good guys are minorities. The only two characters that are evil, they're white. So there's one white guy, he's evil. It looks like there's one white gal, and she seems to be a crooked cop. And they have this preview on the Twitter, and it is one of the most unsuccessful tweets I've ever seen. Now they also had a video on Twitter. It's a 15 second preview where it's just, they have a bizarre, almost like a polygon neon animal mask. So say D minus for marketing. It's cause I thought it was a music video when I first saw it. Ridiculous. And this video is only 15 seconds long and previews by a company by the name of Global TV and they pinned it to their profile which is something on the Twitter sphere now known as X, where you can actually choose, I guess your favorite tweet that you've done and pin it. So when someone looks at your profile, it's at the very top, even before the latest tweet that you've had or X or post, whatever you call it these days. So presumably they were proud of this. Now they tweeted this or X'd it six days ago and it got 5,018 views on Twitter, which is, or X, which is also known as nothing if you're a production company. So we got 5,018 views. How many people do you think liked it? Well, it's a it's a new media thing. So you know, maybe a couple thousand, maybe maybe a hundred. If it's a bad, I well, might. It got seven likes. Seven? That's almost unprecedentedly terrible. That equals 0.14% like ratio. And of course, all of the comments were all. Just lambast, they're just ratioed again in seconds. And they're all just mocking it, because again it's ridiculous. So the top comment, because there are many negative ones, is from Gary Edwards, and he said, quote, not going to be heard by anyone I know, quote, and then he also did the hashtag woke, he got 260 views, but he got twenty-one likes. That's eight point oh eight percent like ratio for that. Infinitely more than the original one. Now the next top comment is by the real Mike, a real make. He said, "Quote, nice cultural appropriation. You go there, going of my culture." Unquote. I got 246 views and 25 likes. That's 10.16 percent like. It's ridiculous. And when you look at the actual like text that goes on the screen, they say, "Let me pull it up here really quick. Let me turn off that." terrible soundtrack so it's on the corner is a corner of Sherwood and Forest and it says this fall and it's hilarious they have special the white folks like even evil in this power what is it it's fight the power that's cliche plus presumably I mean they're all in government positions these days people used to say that Rob the rich So they admit they're committing a crime because they're robbing them. But The Legend Reborn. Robin. And then they spell Robin wrong. So it's R-O-B-Y-N. Which grammar is a lost art these days unfortunately. And apparently this is a a new series coming this fall. Which Again, so the main thing of Robin Hood was steal from the rich, give to the poor. Or the people who don't work, presumably. Kind of like the U.S. government with the tax code these days. But, yeah, is one of the most ratioed things I've seen on Twitter in probably the past year. And scrolling through more of the comments, I don't see a single positive one. Like, another person says, canceled after one season. Oh, this one's terrible. This one is from Ricardo. Uh, Ricardo, He says, Robin Hood, quote, robs from the poor and the rich and buys crack, unquote. That got 26 likes and 855 views. Oh, no, this one got 102 likes. This is from Paul Dixon. It says, warning, may contain toxic levels of cringe. And that got 1,000 views. Another one says, WTF. And another one says, rob the rich, no give to the poor? Oh, okay. I got about 20 likes. There's not a single, okay, there's one person who's, three more po- Three more tweets just say WTF. I found, again, there's probably, let's see, there's about eight tweets per scroll. So of the 46, eh, 816, man, 32 that I've seen thus far, there's one person who had a positive reaction to this. And this is from a gal by the name of Natalie Duce, uh, D-U-C-E. She says, quote, Can't wait to watch this as some of my, as some of this was filmed at my work. Heart. Guess how many likes she got. One. Out of the 79 people who saw it. I wish it said who uh, doesn't tell me who liked it. I can't help but I can't help but I kind of wonder if she liked her own comment. Because, again, all of these. Another one says, no, comma, this isn't racially charged at all. Black equals good, white equals e- evil. Can't wait to see the racial unity this will generate. That's from Paul Mudab, uh, Four likes and 121 views. Like. Another one, how do you mess up Robin Hood? Another one, I noticed they left out Give to the Pork. No one is liking this on social media. And it just, again, it looks ridiculous. And it is also one of those things where anytime you do a remake, it's gonna be criticized just by its very nature, because you have something to directly compare it to. But again, this one just looks so bizarre, just kind of cliche and race swapping, making the cliche, the bad guy's always the white guy. It's, It's gotten so predictable, it's boring. And subverting expectations is a good way to make movies interesting and actually engage the audience Nowadays, that's kind of the antithesis of Hollywood. They just want to make the same copy-paste thing again, again, again. The only shocking thing about this is that it's not being made by Disney. So I I I did fact that, I had to fact that check that like four or five times. I was shocked. In fact, it is not being made by Disney. So apparently it's being made by Global Global and Stack TV. Interestingly enough. So if all one person had the positive review i guess and she works there if she turns in tunes in they'll have one viewer presumably i can't help but think that's going to flop pretty much a guaranteed flop let me know in the comments how many how many fan or fans do you think will tune in one three maybe five out of you know obligation you feel like if a family member was in the movie or the, this tv show you kind of have to tune in just because you got to support them and it gets really awkward at Thanksgiving when they go, how do you like me in episode 13? And you have to go, oh, uh, you, the thing you did, yeah, with the justice and the theft. The, the social awareness was amazing. And presumably, you could probably fake a whole conversation with that person by just using buzzwords. And that person would probably just not along because they'd probably think you were actually listening. Perhaps the easiest movies to fake are those cliché political movies. But it'll be interesting, but I don't think you're going to make it. A dime. And I don't mean a dime like um, the gambling term where a dime is $10,000. I mean a dime is in 10 cents. So it'll be interesting to see where they go from here, but yeah. I would say the Magic 8-Ball, if it were to be shaken, it presumably would say, Alec, not so good. Other interesting cultural news you have. Bud Light Backyard Tour tweet is ghosted. No one wants to go in their backyard, perhaps because of all their advertising with the back door, some might say. I would never make it such a crude joke, of course. Now, this was basically a bunch of flyers for bands that they're sponsoring. Because, again, Bud Light said, we're going to spend more marketing than ever before because they're desperate trying to win back the audience that they've alienated on the left and the right. Almost like a bad husband or a bad girlfriend. They made a big mistake, but they won't admit the mistake, but they're coming back with flowers or some stupid jewelry they bought at a store. And they said, remember, nothing says I love you like a peak, like a crappy piece of carbon they dug out of the rocks in Africa. Diamonds. They should only be on drill tips, in my opinion. Or an industrial saw blade, perhaps. Because, again, they're useless. If you try to sell them, you'll find out how useless they really are, partially because of the market being controlled artificially. But I digress, back to the Bud Light blunder. Now, this tweet, where there's a bunch of band flyers, is a multiple tweets, so it kind of depends on which one you're looking at. The average looked to be about 5,303 views, which, again, for a, a large business, that's terrible. This is, this company should be getting thousands of views, at least tens of thousands of views without even having to try. Just cause again, it's an established brand that's been around forever, but it seems like people are starting to lose interest in them. And of the 5,303 views, they got 13 likes, which is almost, it's almost so bad it's impossible. It's like they have thousands of employees somehow still, not even the employees take the time to go on and pretend to like what they're posting. Now, I know public schools these days are all time low for math scores, history scores. So we'll do the fun math here today. Th- 13 likes out of 5,303 views, that is 0.24%. Ouch. Now it looks like some of the other flyers on this, the top one got 15,000 views, which again, is not great for a company of that stature. Now, pretty much all, all of the responses were negative. It was is ratioed in seconds. Now, some of the best mocking responses were from is pro 1001. And this person tweeted a meme with Alyssa Heiderschild, the brilliant brainchild behind the whole Dylan Mulvaney um, business blunder, where she said the brand was too fratty, so she's gonna, re, she's gonna reinvigorate the brand, or more accurate, accurately, Destroy the brand. Now, this meme was her, of Lister with her creepy smile. Might become a politician. Maybe. Now, she was in front of a bar with uh, the Bud Light tabs. Well, back, you know, it's an old picture because Bud Light used to have, you know, be at bars. A lot of them are dropping them now. And he actually had the meme saying, I hate frat culture, so I destroyed the Bud Light brand forever. Accurate. Hilarious. True. Now, even though it only got 14 views it got two likes so it's still 14.29 percent like ratio so still an upside now a more popular one again same from isa pro 1001 it was a picture of dylan mulvaney in a bud light can and it said quote four real men who tuck and chop off their junk unquote now that's not too accurate cause Dylan actually never got any of the surgeries that the trans community would believe makes you authentic, uh, to transition from male to female in that community. So that's a, that was a point of contention with uh, debate with many people as well. Many people are questioning Dylan's authenticity because Dylan never got the transition surgery or the drugs. Uh, I believe Dylan chopped off the chin a little bit, I guess, with surgery, but not the other one. And, that got 86 views and four likes. Oh, that's double. Now that's 4.65% like ratio. Now, interestingly enough, I did see a couple of positive tweets and I wondered, who are these people? Are they real? Is it a robot? Or are someone with the personality of a robot? So I did a little investigating. You had one positive review from City Cool. C-I- yeah, City Cool. And the response was, the quote was, love to go, unquote. Hinting that this person would like to go to a concert sponsored by Bud Light. Now, that got 40 views and zero likes. A goose egg, some might say. Not to brag, but my tweet got four likes earlier this week. At Nick Topping, N-I-C-T-O-P-P-I-N-G. You'll see me in these awesome suit. Remember, you really only need one suit to look good for your whole life. Maybe, maybe two, maybe two. But I looked at her profile... This person is just a serial reposter. There's no no original thoughts. Another great contender for a politician, perhaps. But everything this person was doing was like a repost for a sweepstakes. So I almost wonder if this person just signed up for an automation system, chose which companies they want to follow, and every time there's a promo or a sweepstakes, this person just reposts for them. He certainly didn't look like an authentic, well, I was about to say a fan of Bud Light. There's about 12 of those fans left. But... It didn't look like anything real and of course Bud Light is ramping up the censorship so a lot of people who used to post on it like me we can't post anymore they banned my profile my personal profile i should say even though the only thing i said was again i did a picture of yangling cans and bottle in front of my american carbon fiber flag and a response to one of their tweets was i said thanks for the reminder to buy some more yangling and they blocked me just for that really ridiculous now some of the more, So they're hiding more and more responses. Some of the more interesting hidden responses from that tweet was Bud Light tranny fluid. And another one that had the gravestone with Alyssa Heiderschild doing the meme of peace out with Anastasia Bush being on the headstone of the grave as she is destroyed again, about $26 billion of stock value as well as $400 million in lost sales. That was just for fiscal quarter two of this year. So same time period fiscal quarter two last year at Delta, They lost $400 million in sales. And again, the sales week over week, they have not been improving. So I suspect Q3, Q4 could be even worse. And remember, this is the, 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 what we call it, the sports balls season. So people are starting to throw pig skins around. Well, unfortunately, bad for the environment. They would rather use artificial, what is it, synthetics instead of good old pig skin, which is a renewable resource. Pigs are great for footballs as well as, I suppose, people who buy bacon. But... It's sports ball season, so people are presumably buying more beer than they were last year. This year, they're going to be buying more beer, I suspect, of different brands. He has to say, that was yet another tweet that that Bird, again, the Bird logo is dead thanks to Elon, but perhaps this is really the tweet or the X that killed the Bird. We shall see. Other interesting culture news, you have Twitter X. Safety getting ratioed as their 1984 policies seem to be coming back. Now, again, this is especially disappointing because when Elon bought Twitter, previously there was more censorship than 1984, the book. And again, do not. This is a health warning. Don't use that book in this podcast to make a drinking game. Presumably, you'd die because I make so many references to the book. Because unfortunately, modern society is starting to reflect the book more and more if not being worse than than the dystopian book in some ways. Brilliant book by George Orwell that every American should read, or every person in the world should read. Second only to, uh, no, I'd I'd say it's still better than Animal Farm. Animal Farm is a shorter read, also by George Orwell. They're not happy books. They, it's definitely not the Hollywood happy ending or the happy, but it is a uh, bleak, but very accurate story of how dystopians occur. Now, when Elon bought the platform, pretty much Everyone, right of or... pretty much anyone in the middle or right was throttled, also known as a shadow band, or they're just kicked off the platform completely. And when Elon bought it, he claimed he's going to bring free speech back, and he was buying it partially because it was the right thing to do. At the time, I was moderately skeptical, just because a lot of banks also helped him. He didn't just use his own capital; he did use a fair amount of his own capital in terms of buying Twitter, but. He also called on some of the largest financial institutions in the world. So he has to get an ROI eventually because those banks are investing for a reason. They wanna make their money back and of course they wanna make a profit off that investment. So there's a lot of of people are concerned. As soon as he bought it, the ad revenue went down by about 50%. Now I know US public schools are at all time low for math scores, science scores, even history scores as they don't even teach proper history. Now 50% is also known as half. So if you have, Two apples, one apple's gone. This is now concluded, perhaps more value than some public schools is added, as sad as that sounds. But in moderate seriousness, or I was only moderately joking there, but they lost half their ad revenue. So that's bad. So Elon brilliantly did think, let's try to make this more profitable. How can we make it an improved experience if we have a premium package? So they came up with Twitter Blue, which is now called X Blue or something like that. Now, Twitter blue was a subscription service where if you signed up, I believe if you get the one year, if you buy one year up front, it's a discount. So for $8 a month, your post, if you posted, they would be seen by more people. You would have less advertisements on your homepage and you get that blue little check mark that for many years was seen as a elite status symbol. It showed that you were authorized and verified. You're a real person, presumably. And he thought if you can get enough subscribers to sign up, they can maybe offset that loss of the advertisers and in theory, maybe even make a profit off of that alone, thereby preserving free speech because the people are paying for it. Now, unfortunately, and again, I don't, it's a, not as a private company, so we don't have a 10 K or we don't have their quarterly fiscal results being posted. Presumably he's making these policy changes because they didn't, not enough people signed up to pay the individual fee. The whole industry thought it was audacious. People thought it'd never work. Ironically, every tech company then copied him. You had Facebook with their authorization platforms where if you pay, you can have that blue check mark as well. Snapchat, I believe, also rolled out one. So the other tech companies, again, because these companies are trying to make a profit, when for many years, the main metric or how they were being measured was the number of users. So Elon came out with the Twitter blue. A lot of people signed up, but I can only presume not enough people signed up to offset the losses they were still suffering from the loss of advertisers. Because of this, presumably he hired Linda Macarena, Macarena? I'm kidding. Her name is Yacarino, but presumably she could do the Macarena, and that's a much more funny name, so I'm gonna use that. How she's never worn... St- There's gotta be a picture of her in a sombrero. The Google sleuths are the brave the people who use... Well, I guess brave sleuths would be an interesting metaphor if you use brave as your browser, because it is better. There's gotta be a picture of her out there like that. Although, who knows? I mean, I'm Cuban. I've never worn a bray kind of thing. Though I should get one. Or I mean, not a beret, one of those funny hats, but Nevertheless, I digress. He brought her in specifically because her whole background is advertising. She has a very successful career path. Of she's a formerly executive for NBC. And she knows how to bring the advertisers in and to make them happy. Unfortunately, many of these advertisers are more often than not very left-wing. They don't want freedom of speech. They want to have... I should say, let me clarify. Well, they want selective freedom of speech, which is not freedom of speech at all. They just want their people of their political ideology to have the privilege of actually having public speaking. So Twitter reintroduced, she actually, they publicly posted, oh yeah, we're going to have, um, freedom of speech is not freedom of reach, which is what they claimed, which is, it's a nice way of saying bullshit. That's bullshit. No, it's one of those things where if you throttle someone, and you're shadow banning them, you're effectively isolating them from the whole public because they're not seeing, if they're tweeting or Xing or posting in this case, no one can see it. Sure, it'll show up on their timeline, but most people don't look for someone specifically on their timeline. Even if you follow them, you usually go to your newsfeed where you're supposed to see the posts from people that you follow and interesting things you might be interested in. So they had that a couple of while back and now a little tweet came out earlier this week and this is from Twitter Safety or now X Safety, and it says, quote, and I'll try not to laugh because the statement is so absurdly inaccurate or deceptive we'll we'll dive in so it says quote x has a responsibility to put the right systems in place to ensure our communities have access to open accurate and safe political discourse that's why we're hiring people updating our policies and safe political disclosure unquote Yes, that sounds like it's directly from a page of the Communist Manifesto, or 1984, or Animal Farm. In Animal Farm, perhaps one of the best metaphors in the book, they actually had an issue where, well, people also disappeared in real life, and people in the book disappeared. They actually had rules written on the Animal Farm National Barn, and all of a sudden, the rules would change overnight, and the people, or the animals in this case, they all just kind of went along. Oh, yeah, these have always been the rules. This has always been that way until their friend got carried away in a, what is it, a glue factory carriage, and they all said, oh, no, no, no that means doctor. Which, yeah, in a, in, a, in a time and age where we are redefining words by the week, that's especially concerning, and again, more people should learn how to read, the, they should learn how to read, that's, uh, most people should read. Unfortunately, books are something that are all too lost in modern digital society, but they should definitely read those books. Now, the responses were, of course, legendary. They were ratioed in seconds. Now this tweet from, or I guess this post. Come on, Elon. You need, they need a better marketing than just a post. Every every social media has a post. A tweet was unique. Maybe send out an X or an X Factor No, X factors with Joe Rogan. Hire someone in marketing that's better than Linda. Someone to make a make 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 it better than a post. But nevertheless, they that post from them got 3.9 million views. So that's a lot of views. A lot of people are tuning in. i wonder... How many people agree with that statement? Precisely 1,597 people. 1,597 out of 3.5 million people agreed with that statement or hearted that statement. Now, I know public schools are all time low for math scores. We'll do a little fun math today. You take 1,597 divided by 3.2 million, you're gonna get a number. Then you multiply it by 100 to remember a percentage. That number, that percentage is Zero. Zero 0.041 the lowest ratio I covered in 145 episodes also known as terrible no one is agreeing with that statement or more accurately the people are not agreeing with that statement advertisers they are now one of those popular youtubers responded to that say and this is the quarter And he said quote you mean trust and safety department returns rehiring um Yol Roth too. Now the quarter got 4,740 views and 584 likes, giving a 12.32% like ratio. Now, very simply put, you know, we're not going to do the specific analytics, but 12.34% is much much bigger than 0.041. Actually, if you do a little bit of math, it's about 300 times more. So I did I did lie. we actually did, we did a little math not a lot but a little 300 times more. Now, another person by the name of Fed up Kentucky and said, quote, "Safety, oh sorry, safe political disclosure can only mean one thing: censorship, which ironically means someone isn't going to have their say." unquote. His tweet got 14.3 thousand views and 1,501 likes, giving a good old ratio of 10.5%. Now, you have another popular one. We'll just do two more. You have Vince Langman saying, "quote I'll take some of that com- I'll take some of that communists would tweet for 1K Alex," unquote, which is a funny pun going back to The prices, Right. He got 32,000 views and 2,933 likes, giving you a ratio of 9.35%. So this person got 32,000 views and about 3,000 people liked it. Twitter or X got 3.9 million views and About 1,600 likes. Yeah, this is not popular at all, to say the Mm -hmm. least. Now, you have the red-headed libertarian also say, quote, please don't use dystopian phrases like open, accurate, and safe political disclosure, unquote. No one is liking that. And unfortunately, it seems like the old ways of Twitter are back. And election year is right around the corner, so unfortunately, you're going to see exponentially increase in censorship, most likely around these types of topics and around people who are in the middle or in the right. Which is especially disappointing because Elon knows this is going on. There's, for how, if you read, I read his book, or not his book, a book about him earlier this year by Ashley, Ashley Vanshee's, Vangi. Uh, it was a really good, oh, I was going to say autobiography, that's when the person actually writes their own book. This is a biography about Elon, but this person did get to personally see Elon many times and interview him frequently for the book and shadow him throughout his job. Uh, a term in, I guess, business in most corporate America where you're just basically kind of just sitting next to them watching what they do. And from the book, and actually the interview you see with Elon, you'll see he is extremely detail-oriented. I think that's one of the reasons he's so successful is because he can look at something very analytically, he can dive down to the deepest parts of it, fix things, and make it better. So there's no way he doesn't know this is going on at Twitter, and they never even fixed shadow banning. He claimed it was too complex, and he also claimed they couldn't bring back Alex Jones because he's emotionally distraught because he he had a child that passed, which, again, I feel bad for him. That's no one should ever cheer or be glad for uh, someone passing away in that in that case. But he used that as an excuse for why he couldn't bring Alex Jones back. Now, Alex Jones was famously sued by the Sandy Hook massacre, um, the children's uh, the former children's parents, who sued Alex for trillions of dollars, not like ten thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars, trillions of dollars. The parents and the lawyer of the parents literally said they're doing it to send a message that you shouldn't have free speech, basically. How, how morally vacuous is that? Again, I don't agree with everything Alex Jones says, but I do believe he is a good litmus test for asking someone, do they believe in free speech? A great thing to ask your friends to see if they are true believers in the, in the First Amendment because, again, you may not agree with everything he has to say, and it used to be an old saying that every American used to believe, every American used to believe I might, ag- I might not agree with what you're saying, but I'll fight to the death for your right to say it. Everyone used to believe that. Now, unfortunately, people become much more totalitarian. They want censorship in many cases. It's disgusting, morally vacuous to say the least. So I always ask people, do you think he deserves to be on Twitter? Does he deserve free speech? And if you're American, the answer is absolutely. He's an American citizen. He deserves free speech. Now it's also concerning that many of the things he's saying comes, turn out to be true. I guess uh, it's uh, interesting times we live in when conspiracies become reality, but this is not good news for Twitter by any means. And well, I couldn't help but also notice all the people responding to this who had disdain for the new policy, many of them were Twitter blue users. So they're paying to use Twitter now. People were paying Elon because they believed in him. They believed he would fight like hell for free speech. And now that he's not, individuals again are paying about $8 a month. Businesses are paying $10,000 a month. How many people are gonna stop their subscriptions? I might do it. I think it'll come up for renewal in maybe 10 months because I paid for the one year up front. But how many people going month to month are gonna stop their subscription? Because they're not getting what he promised. They're buying into his vision, buying into the experience of what Twitter could truly be, a public square. But it seems like more and more often it's not the case. So let me know in the comments, if you do pay for Twitter Blue, are you going to cancel your subscription? What kind of fallout do you think? Are we going to see a 10% drop in Twitter blue subscribers? 20%? 50%? How many people are going to drop because Twitter has changed and regressed to the old policies? It'll be interesting to see, but I would say time shall tell. Other interesting cultural news, you have Bud Light Sunday ticket YouTube video. Getting 9 likes. That is unprecedented how much they failed as a business and how terrible their marketing is to get nine likes is almost impossible for how many subscribers they have how many viewers they have now not to brag but even my videos sometimes get more than my nine views and my subscribers are much 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 lesser than bud light subscribers also a friendly reminder reminder to click that subscribe button I also take the time to like and comment feedback is always appreciated even if it's not positive. Some of the best improvements I've had on this show is from people critiquing me, not looking at the camera enough, which caused me to actually put some of the script notes on my monitors on the desk in front of me. And a lot of people appreciate that. I wouldn't have known that if we didn't have that critical feedback. So I always tell people, if it's constructive critical feedback, I highly value it and I appreciate it. Now in this case, there wasn't a lot of constructive feedback, because again, we've told Bud Light what they need to do, but they have not listened at all. So this video, again, It got nine likes and this, all the statistics that we're going to discuss here, they're all equal. So all these numbers are taken within two, um, at the 48 hour. So it was posted for 48 hours. Then I took the statistics for the views, the likes and the comments. And the video is only 15 seconds long. And it's got, let me pull it up here. People are going to the living room. We got a Bud Light guitar neon sign a patriots jersey that's something chicago is that chicago bears dude they still have a football team i'm kidding they'll be good next year i grew up in the midwest so that's kind of the cliche thing kind of like the city of chicago it'll be safe next year the team will be good next year no they won't because they don't learn now looks like presumably they have yeah i guess those are bears jerseys they're excited they're cheering Another guy. Uh, oh, it's a falcon. there's a falcon on that Bud Light can. Ooh, Sunday ticket. Scan your can for how you could win NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube.com. That's a Saints. I don't know how much the Saints team is worth as a football team, but I can't help but think this is hurting their brand because they seem to be the premier, the main brand we're seeing with this marketing campaign. And again, a lot of people, the perception of Bud Light, and it says. Easy to, it says easy easy to Sunday? What the hell? Sunday is not a verb. It's a day of the week. Bud Light, so they say easy to Sunday. Enjoy the taste. So two inaccurate statements. No one enjoys the taste. I mean, presumably if you drink five to ten or fifteen cans of Bud Light, anything will taste good after that much. But yes, yeah, so that's that's it. So fifteen seconds. A bunch of people in Saints jerseys, which. I didn't even know they had fans anymore, yet alone a team. And again, part of this promo is these NFL teams. I can only presume this marketing campaign was made months ago or years ago, so it's already locked in. But the, presumably, if you want to ingest more beverages, you know, if you're a true the, the cliche of this commercials and marketing campaign is, if you're a true fan, you'll buy this piss water with your with the company with your uh, I was about to say the company logo, the team logo on the can. Which again, I don't know how dumb people. I was about to say I don't know how dumb people are these days, but eh, who knows? But if you're really inspired to buy a beer just because there's a logo on it, like I, I can't fathom how dumb that is. If anything, the beer's more expensive because they have to pay a royalty fee for using the logo. But it's the si- it's the same aluminum can too. So all they're doing is slapping on an NFL logo, hoping you're dumb enough to buy it because ooh, logo. I like that team. I know Bud Light um for mainly these people, Bud Light betrayed me that team, I like I like teams. Sports sports ball's cool. I'll buy that can. I don't think that's gonna work. And the comments support my theory. Now again, going to the statistics, here's all taken at the 48th hour mark. It got how many was this? How many views? 1.1 thousand views on this video. A little over a thousand people saw the video. That's almost impossibly bad for Bud Light. Even my videos, and again, I'm very appreciative of every subscriber, we're growing the channel slowly, but surely some of our videos will get 2,000 views. And I don't have a multi-million dollar marketing campaign behind this, This is all grassroots. So they got 1.1 thousand views in two days. Also known as terrible for Bud Light. And they got nine likes. Even, it, even it's almost unfathomable how few people like it, although given the circumstance, we can presume maybe that's the nine employees that are still left at Bud Light before they had to be all laid off. Now, that ratio is, if you have, you know, nine likes out of 1.1 thousand views, that is 0.9%. So almost 1% of people like the video. And there were, guess how many, 19 comments, which again, for a Bud Light, a major Global brand, only 14 people took the time to leave a comment. Well, that, that is ridiculous. In fact, I bet we could beat them today. Even if it's just saying hi thanks to the video or you, know, you need a new jacket or something like that, just leave a comment here. I bet, I bet we can beat that statistic today with a fraction of the subscribers. Now, some of the top comments, and again, of course, they're all pejorative. Some of the top comments come from Life 432 Now, this person said, quote, Fire the CEO, apologize to women, state men can't be women, and vice versa. This is the only way, or watch your company falter. You want to enter the culture You wanted to enter the culture war space on the trans issue, and now you must choose a side. There is no way out. You will be made an example of until then, unquote. I got 40 likes. So about four times the number of people like that comment than the actual video itself. Now, I don't know if YouTube videos can be ratioed, but maybe it was, I don't know if that's, i will have to check Urban Dictionary, but nevertheless, th- we're going to call it right here. That video is ratioed. The comments were more negative than the actual video in and of itself. Now, you have more comments. One from uh, Rabbi Rabbi Rabs, Rabbi Rabs. And this person said, quote, Sunday is just another day without a long overdue full throttle apology for your marketing VP publicly trashing your longtime customers. Now this is true because this uh, unquote. This is true because Alyssa Hyderchild, the brilliant marketing marketing gal who famously she probably said she was the first female marketing leader, she will be remembered for destroying the brand. She actually said Bud Light was too fratty. She wanted to change the image. She has changed the image. I'll give her that. Now that comment from Rabbi Rabbi got 31 likes. Now the third most popular comment. This is from Harem B D Depod. I'm dep. One, four, five, one. Haram, H-A-R-A-M-B-E-T-I-B, or D-E-P-O-D. Yeah, I might be getting that right. This person, all he said was quote, butt light, unquote. So just a pun on the company name, that got 11 likes. The pun of the company's name got more likes than the video itself. It's almost, it is astonishing how much they failed Again, this is a YouTube video. YouTube videos, I mean, their previous ones, they would go viral. They get millions of hits. People love them. And now they just cannot stop this crash, this dive, this deplorable dive into obscurity. Because again, they've never addressed the main issue. So the people who are angry at Bud Light, they're not going to stop until Bud Light presumably does something different, which they aren't. They're just trying to buy their way out of a mistake by giving you free crap like sports balls tickets and Bud Light. Which, again, I mean, the people who. It'd have to be a sad time in your life if, like, the highlight of the week was you won a Bud Light. Like, that's it, so sad. I can't imagine. But it would be one of those fascinating things. Do you think. What, will the videos ever get popular again? Will Bud Light ever be beloved? Or did they just dig their grave and presumably. Filled it with Bud Light. Which, a fate perhaps worse than death. As I always say, time shall tell. Going on to the political part of the podcast, you have Trump will become president for life according to Rachel Maddow. Now, she claims if he wins 2024, he'll be president for life. Based on, well, this is also Rachel Maddow, so... It can be presumed there's no logic or thoughts, but... Let's play a quick, quick little clip of her. And... Crafts another time of you're glad you're not seeing this because uh, but also if you do know good software we have video and video seamlessly let me know i've tried a couple but the camera resolution is too high for a couple of them i tried i had errors with others so i'm still look- again more feedback so i appreciated. appreciative to make the show better and better together let me know in the comments if there's something for they could use in production for moving things around and playing video in real time now this is rachel Maddow on her show on msnbc
1: This morning, heading into what we knew would be two big important court hearings on these Trump cases today in federal court in Georgia and federal court in DC, reporter Alan Foyer um, wrote a scene-setting piece about those two court hearings today uh, for the New York Times for the morning paper this morning, sort of reminding us all where this may be heading. He said towards the end of his article this morning, quote, the timetables for Mr. Trump's four trials have taken on outsized importance. That's not only because there are so many of them, but also because they're unfolding against Trump's crowded calendar as the candidate leading the field for the Republican Party's 2024 presidential nomination. As a further complication, Trump has made no secret in private conversations with his aides of his desire to solve his jumble of legal problems by winning the election. Quote, if either of the two federal trials he's confronting is delayed until after the election and Trump prevails in that election, he could seek to pardon himself after taking office or he could have his attorney general simply dismiss the matters altogether. And, and I know that I mean, learning that Trump has been saying that privately to his staffers is not shocking news per se, right? We've known that was probably what he was planning, probably what he was thinking. But, Per the New York Times, it does seem sort of significant that that's what he's now telling people. That's what he's telling people he's gonna do.
0: The, this, this video, oh, the eyes nearly burn. Oh.
1: He will solve his jumble of legal problems by winning the election. And, you know, whatever you think about that, that's how he's thinking about that. And what does that say about the election for all of the rest of us, right? It means, If you
0: squint, she kind of looks just like John Oliver.
1: ...in mind, and those of his campaign and his supporters, presumably, these are the stakes. And again, whatever you think about that as a legal strategy for Trump, that is how he is thinking about the election. And that is how he is going to be talking to his supporters and his aides and his campaign about the stakes of the election. The election means one of two things, if this is the way he's going to approach it. Either he loses the election and he goes to prison or he wins the election. He doesn't go to prison. And is that for life that he gets to be president? Will we keep having more elections?
0: Have we ever, has Trump ever hinted that he wants to be president for life? Now, Obama has said that actually in the past. So, but of course she's never going to critique him because he's left. He can't, he's above any critique or any examination. He actually, Said he would love to do a third term if he could sit back in his sweatpants and kind of just do it from behind the scenes, which we could presume that's what's going on right now. Or no? So this is all because presumably this is all. I know her brain is probably decaying, but is, is this just all in her head? Is this where she's? If every
1: election is a new opportunity for him to go to prison. Do you think he allows us to have new elections? I mean, if those are the stakes, if winning the election is his plan to stay out of prison, what happens in that election if and when he does not win it? Does that kind of an election end with a graceful concession to a...
0: Well, you just presumably step down like you did last time? I-
1: Fair and square re-elected President Biden? <laughs> I mean, if Trump and his supporters see the stakes as losing and going to prison or winning and being president and probably president for life... What
0: evidence do you have? Oh, I forgot. This is also MSNBC.
1: Should we expect that he and the Republican Party and Republican officials in swing states are going to handle the conduct of that election that Trump may very well lose?
0: Small ADHD thing here. I've never seen someone so lazy when it comes to their appearance. So she's wearing a black suit and a black shirt? No earrings, no necklace, no rings no watch no makeup did did she like where's the professionalism even i've got some you know i got my watch and tool like i normally say suit up but for her no dear god no i i is she's just secretly doing this in her living room
1: because like
0: that yeah like no accessory to accessories at all and of course it's no contest. We both have short hair. Mine is definitely better.
1: are prone to forget. We have to say out loud I mean, that we would be remiss. We would be willfully naive to ask that question. She
0: is naive. She did admit it there. She is willfully. She is naive. I'll give her that.
1: As if our politics exists in a vacuum somewhere outside the rest of our news. As if the politics pages are totally different than the crime pages, right? As if-
0: does he have a necklace on?
1: We are not in a moment where far-right politics is coincident with far-right violence, with regular shows of force what? from paramilitary extreme-right groups and-
0: What? Where? She's talking about the Summer of Love? That was not far-right.
1: With acts of violence by people who are explicitly and admittedly motivated by far-right eliminationist political ideas.
0: Oh, uh, she must be talking about the people who want to censor the people on the left. Oh wait, uh, wait. Uh, when it comes to censorship, that's uh, that, that's that's not the that's not the right side. They don't they don't control all the social media companies and all the news outlets. So no, that can't be it.
1: We are prone to forget, but we do not have to forget.
0: She's gonna cry again.
1: So what? What should we know? What can we know? She knows about me? what happens in far-right politics when it appears to be in nexus
0: that's the most cliche thing everything is far right have you ever noticed that every republican is far right extremist everyone if you disagree disagree one iota you're far right even people in the middle are called even people in the middle are called far right these days it's ridiculous
1: with far far right violence that's her favorite word that right now is just pinging off the charts
0: But where where is this? What? Now, interestingly enough. um, I'd say about half the, I'd say about 60% of the comments are in her favor. But it's also interesting to know the sample size. It's the YouTube channel of MSNBC. And also, yet another reason I always tell people, look at the opposition. Look at every side of the news sources. Even if it's a Facebook group for one presidential candidate versus the other, because... It is interesting and fascinating to see how different people have different views of the same situation. There are people who legitimately think this is the best economy ever. They don't feel inflation. They don't notice their groceries are exponentially more expensive now than they were in 2016. They don't know. It's fascinating to see the same situation, but two entirely different perspectives. So I always tell people absolutely check out as many resources as you can when you're researching topics. and. It'll be interesting to see how crazy the media becomes because again is it has trump ever professed that obama did no one gave him a critique at all i think ben shapiro said one thing so there's one person who critiqued it and ben shapiro is part of the daily wire he owns the daily wire co-owns the daily wire and they're a conservative media company none of the media companies in the middle of the right ever or on the left ever ever dared to critique him so it'll be interesting to see but i always say time shall tell other interesting political news you have Elon Musk. You have Tesla actually facing a federal probe over Elon Musk's secret company. Now, uh, apparently, it's to fund glass, a glass house. Now, it looks like, and this is from uh, Forbes.com, it says the Securities and Exchange Commission and federal prosecutors are investigating Tesla for allegedly using the company funds to construct a secret glass home for the billionaire. Of course, they have to say he's a billionaire. Elon Musk in Texas. This is also according to the Wall Street Journal. And is subject to an internal investigation. The structure known as Project 42 is being investigated by a U.S. Attorney's Office for Southern District of New York. What? Which again, why are you in New York? Why do you care? But um, which is seeking information about how much is spent on the project and personal benefits paid to Musk. Again, I'm pretty sure he takes a dollar salary. Again, but the journal reported the SEC opened a civil investigation and is seeking similar information. Though the news outlet knows that both investigations are early stages and Tesla might, fa- might not face charges or formal allegations. Now it looks like the SEC requires public companies to disclose purse paid to top executives as well as any transactions exceeding $120,000 if the company's representative has a quote direct or indirect material interest in the transaction. So it looks like the glass is reportedly used for a project including large panels typically used for building facade, uh, facades. Investigation was triggered internally after an order was made for the glass, according to the journal, which reported the probe also investigated how much one employee how much employee time was used on the secret project. Glass was first was uh, the glass order was first reported by Bloomberg last year when people are familiar with the matter said it was flagged as in, in an internal audit group. If the construction of a glass house for Musk is ever confirmed, it would brush against his preference for a little micelle. Musk said for two years. Musk said two years ago his primary residence was a $50,000 South Texas home rented from his company. SpaceX noted that the only house he owned at the time was an events house in Bay Area. Blah blah blah. So it's interesting to see. I don't know if this is materially trying to maybe it's, I don't know if it's materially trying to experiment with for the company or what's going on. But it's fascinating to see as soon as he kind of stepped out of line, all the scrutiny came and the political machine went against him completely. Remember, remind Beth the clock, maybe five years ago, when he was working on Tesla, every media company, every politician loved him, especially on the left, because he's making electric cars. Before Elon, electric cars were a joke. They were a glorified golf cart. There's nothing. There's the Nissan Leaf. I don't know if the Nissan Leaf is before or after, but the Nissan Leaf is the butt of every EV car joke. Because it's small, inefficient, or it was priced cheaply, but and what price to your dignity to drive a nissan leaf and again it's an ev so it's disposable but you have the sec now investigating elon with tesla so i'll be interested to see what's going on with that glass house but it looks like the political scene is becoming more and more of a weapon to go after your political adversaries It'll be interested to see how much they continue to work on it, to investigate elon for all these things time shall tell actually time will tell you have more you now have Elon Musk being targeted by federal auto regulators for the secret Elon mode driving capabilities. Now, it looks like Tesla received a special order from the National Highway Traffic Administration requiring it to provide extensive data about the autopilot and driver monitoring systems to the agency. The auto regulators want to know more about the configuration for Tesla vehicles known as quote-unquote Elon mode that eliminates the so-called quote-unquote nag that normally prompts drivers to keep their hands on the steering wheel. Interesting, so more political persecution? Yes, 110%, I say this, or this is my logic of why. Elon mode is his own mode that he uses, presumably to test out new technologies, and he uses it in his Tesla. If you buy Tesla today, that's not an option for you to use. The only way people found out about it is because a hacker went into the system and found it. It's not available for a consumer to. Logically easily use unless the user is a Presumably extensively good hacker because Tesla is a very good cyber. They have exceptionally good cybersecurity practice The normal person will never see this mode. This mode isn't available for mass use. It's not even available for end-users It's Elon's quite literally says Elon mode but they're gonna go persecute him anyway because in my opinion He's going against some of the government and it also is Elon's doing what the private sector does best showing how utterly inept most of the government is when it comes to pretty much anything they do. Look at SpaceX. They've done more than NASA, they've done more than NASA has done in the past 20, 50 years. They've shown not only can you go to space cheaply, but you can reuse some of the components. Where NASA, again, seemingly unlimited budget, you don't have to worry about pinching pennies or actually making an effective ROI. They're just overbloated for decades. Elon did it at a fraction of the cost and revolutionized space travel. So I can't help but think that's one of many reasons he's becoming politically persecuted. Because again, the secret Elon mod- mode is not available for anyone except Elon. And if it's his car, his technology, let him do whatever he wants. Let him test out the newest features, similar to the F1 cars. They test out the greatest technologies and then they trickle down. Presumably Elon will test his feature and once he works out the bugs, they'll roll it out for mass testing or for maybe say uh, sample testing, maybe a couple hundred users, and eventually everyone will get the new cool tech. But no, they have to go target Elon. Let me know, do you think Elon's being unfairly targeted? Considering this isn't a software anyone could use readily as far as with all the data that I've seen, let me know, do you think they're being selective in their persecution or do they have a legitimate concern for the people on the road? Again, I guess they're guessing the average person could be a really good hacker and somehow access this sub data. It'll be interesting to see, but with all the data we have now, it sure seems like Elon being politically persecuted, but that's just my three cents. It used to be two cents. We got 40 year hyperinflation, should charge four cents, but I'm a generous man, just three cents. Although it is still free to click that subscribe button. I know it's a big tall order, trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of September. I know it's a big goal, but together I think we can make it there. Now, other political interest, other political news, you have Mitch McConnell freezing yet again. Now. Mitch McConnell is old as dust? Well, maybe not that old. Well, hmm. Most Dust Bunnies are probably actually younger than him now that I think about it. If you vacuum your house every and you find the dust bunnies that accumulate every couple of years, probably the old armoire. So actually he might be older than Dust in that case. Now, a little background if you're not really big into politics. He is the Senate minority leader on the Republican side, and he's eighty one years old. So statistically, he is a outlier as the US average age of uh deceased for men is usually i believe around what is it i believe it is 74 or six last time i checked but this is the second time and there's already the comparisons he's been compared to a turtle for most of my most of my life everyone kind of compares him to that now he was in front of a podium giving an interview and just kind of stops. so we'll play that clip really quick now i'm sorry i had a hard time hearing you Okay. What are your thoughts on running for re-election in 2026? Oh, asking them, They're asking him, what are your thoughts on re- running for election in 2026? I don't think he's going to make it to 2026, to be frank. Thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. <laughs> that's right. So he said that's a... It's a long, awkward, pregnant pause. Did you hear... So she's—he has his aide. Uh, presumably, that's his aide. or a uh, gal, nice gal, coming up to him, asking, "You know, did you hear for the
1: question, Senator, running for re-election in 2026?"
0: Yes. Uh, well, he did say yes. He did hear the question.
1: All right. I'm sorry, you all. We're gonna need a minute. Senator,
0: Penny. Yep. Bringing up another aide. Aid. And telling him we're gonna head outside. Does he acknowledge it? He says, he says, oh, okay.
1: Okay. Somebody else have a question.
0: Please speak up. Oh, geez. I mean, it's just, it's sad. I mean, politically speaking, he's done a couple good things. Unfortunately, I, like many politicians, I don't think he does enough of the good things I like. But it's just sad seeing someone that they should be enjoying their retirement years on the beach in Florida with their family or something. But he's I don't know if they're I can't it's hard to say if they're just so disgustingly hungry for power or if their family is pushing them to stay in that position or their fellow colleagues. But he's eighty one years old. Now it's also I would also say it's not as bad as Diane Feinstein. She's ninety years old and looks 150 years old. Although, I don't know. Diane Feinstein also morally vacuous in terms of wanting to take away guns from hardworking Americans while having nice private security detail. She doesn't even know when she's in the office. So she came out of the out of the she came out of the government, uh, the the facility, a day, uh, the government building a couple days ago, and someone asked her, "Hey, uh, how did you enjoy your three month uh, not vacation, but your three three month medical leave?" And she goes, "What do you mean? I was here the whole time." So she's not caught of where she is. And also after she voted on a bill, which she shouldn't be able to vote her. She's not, she doesn't have legal autonomy over her own body. I say that in a second. So like she came out and she said, did I vote for that? So she can, she didn't even remember she voted on stuff. Now her daughter has the power of attorney over Dianne Feinstein. So Dianne Feinstein doesn't have the legal ability to make decisions for herself, but she can make legal decisions for 400 million Americans. That's insane. But they're, she's so corrupt, so hungry for power, they'll never give it up. And you have this, so Diane Feinstein famously is a leftist. She's, she are, now she's not considered radical enough, so many speculate that's why they're also trying to push her out, the people who do want to push her out. But Diane Feinstein's on the left, so she's um, democratic, she's liberal. Mitch McConnell's on the right. This is a, both parties have this issue where they have some folks that are getting so old and their cognitive abilities are not there. And I'd, part of me feels really bad for them because it's sad. And then another part of me thinks they're either power hungry, the, their political party is hungry for power, they wanna give that up, or their family is pushing them into these positions to stay there. But there's gotta be, the issue is if you do have a cognitive test, who writes the test and who's the judge? Because we see the government change the definitions of many things to suit their political needs and to be given themselves a political advantage and put their opposition at disadvantage, so that's the concern around that idea. And when it comes to age, that's all that's not always a good rule of thumb because Warren Buffett is the best financial investor in history and he's in his 90s. Now, all I should say, he's second best, the best stock trader in history is Nancy Pelosi's husband. How does he? It's fascinating how politicians, their family members, make better stock trades than the most brilliant mind in history. The Oracle of Omaha has nothing on her, and Pelosi's husband, really? So obviously there's some corruption there. When you write the rules, you can kind of pick the socks before you choose the laws that will manipulate and help those companies out or hurt them if you're gonna shut down the economy for a couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see, but again, Mitch McConnell just froze. And let me know in the comments, do you think he's gonna seek reelection in 2026? I mean, this is 2023 and he's struggling can't imagine he's gonna make it or want or have the desire to run again he's the cognitive issues are getting worse and again there might be some magical new drug that politicians get that we don't maybe they'll juice him up tomorrow and he'll be as sharp as attack but with all the data I have now I'd speculate he's not gonna be running again but as I always say time shall tell now going on to the business blunder of the day we have a Burger King lawsuit because the burgers are too small Now, a judge last week ruled that Burger King must face a class action lawsuit accusing the chain of false advertising, joining the ranks of other fast food giants like McDonald's and Taco Bell. Now, it looks like the latest in the line of similar legal uh, actions, the lawsuit was originally filed in March 2020, alleging that the burger chain falsely inflated the size of their signature Whopper in their promotional materials. Now, the suit claims that the Burger King-made Whoppers appear twice as large as they actually are in real life. So the adver- advertisers have them as twice as big, while the actual burgers served to consumers are 35% smaller than those marketed. Now, this is where I'm a little skeptical. The plaintiffs claim that they were, quote, disappointed, unquote, after purchasing a Burger King product based on the appearance of their photos, which, that's not unique. Everyone who buys a Burger King burger is disappointed. No one goes there thinking I'm going to get a fantastic hamburger today. No, you're going to get something that's microwaved made by a teenager. And there's a 91% chance they got your order wrong. They put some ingredient on it you didn't want. And it's a cliche as old as time. The advertisements for fast food always look better than the real thing. They actually have whole marketing companies that sometimes they don't even use real food ingredients to make the thing you're seeing on the TV or more accurately today on the YouTube commercial. So it's one of those things where I agree that's definitely deceptive, but I'm almost surprised the judges are gonna go, well, it's common sense there's common knowledge that fast food is nothing like advertisements. Now, Burger King, all these companies, they're gonna fight this tooth and nail just because of the president precedent, or uh, yeah, the president, yeah, the president. that it would set for other fast food companies they all, this isn't just Burger King. McDonald's does this. Wendy's does this. Hardy's I'm sure, does it. It never looks as good as the commercial. So it certainly is false advertising, but how, I think maybe the win because the quantifiable, the burger is technically smaller. It's harder maybe to say you could prove the freshness of ingredients where you look at the commercial and sometimes it looks like the lettuce was just taken off the, uh, taken uh, taken off from the, from the farm. It's, It'll be interested to see if they win but yeah to have such a discrepancy in your size of the food and the the judge has just ruled they have to hear this case it's going to be moving forward that is perhaps no it definitely is the business blunder of the day thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in again it's a crazy goal we're trying to get to four thousand subscribers by the end of september greatly appreciate you take the time to click that button also don't forget to take the time to like and comment the feedback is greatly appreciated especially if it's critical as we try to make the show better and better. Also, don't get to take the time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your co-workers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe and fight the good fight.